Welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. So, really excited for this episode. If you guys love Drecker because of their beer and the can art, just wait until you hear the story behind these guys. But first, make sure you guys check out our food podcast, A Taste of AZ. And you can go to the website, atasteofaz.com. Also, make sure you get your Arizona Beer Book at thearizonabeerbook.com. So right now at Petal House, we have a deal where if you buy the Arizona Beer Book, your first beer is a dollar. And Sip has a deal going on too. Sip Coffee and Beer Garage on Indian School. They have a deal, $25 for uh, a beer and a book and a penny beer somehow. There's Go to their, uh, their Instagram. It'll show you. Our Instagram too. Anyways, let's get into this episode with Drek. Hey, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Perfectly, man. Coming in loud and clear, dude. Loud and clear. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, so I'm Mark. Eric. Eric, cool. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. I love the hat. Love the dude. Love the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Representing well. We don't really represent anymore other than that, like, our, our tap room is pretty much the only place we have time to shop for clothes. So you, oh, just, yeah. <laughs> you just get, you grab a new t-shirt or like, Oh shit, I, it's getting cold out. I need a hoodie. Grab, grab it. <laughs> That's a good point. And then you want to make sure that it's like soft and comfortable because yeah. you're wearing it all the time. Yeah. We buy the yeah. clothes that we're going to eventually wear. So. That's awesome, man. Well, man, th- thanks so much for making the time, man. I really, I really appreciate it. Yeah. No, I mean, like we were saying too, like we, we launched Arizona in February, not really knowing what to expect. It was more out of uh, a continued relationship with um, the the company that's kind of helping facilitate us do sales down there. Okay. And um, is that Manuel it, Brothers? What's well? So it's it's Beverage Advisors, which is an okay. arm of Tavor. Okay. Okay. Oh, so, gotcha. So Tavor pretty much makes the it's a, a, a side part of Tavor that has this new company called beverage advisors and they're, they're building a port portal for breweries to like sell to stores through. Okay. So like we, we technically self distribute Arizona, but it's so all the ordering is, we don't have to have boots on the ground. All the ordering is done through this one website that tour makes for us. Yeah. And they, they kind of facilitate the payment and the delivery side of it. Wow. So it's nice. kind of a weird thing. We do a ton of stuff with, I mean, we're, Tavor is our best customer, and I think we're one of Tavor's number one breweries just because of how regularly we give them beer. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to do the – Arizona was the test. That's the first state that they've done that in. And now we're going to – we're the first brewery that they're bringing into California. Here, oh, nice. all the licensing stuff just got done, like, last week. So um, that's how we got – that's why we did Arizona. Um, yeah. It it makes sense as far as an awesome beer scene, but it's where Tavor wanted to do this first kind of new self-distribution uh, facilitation portal. Yeah. And, interesting. And so we had intentions of like, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes over. And if, if people are receptive, then absolutely. We would love to go down to Phoenix in March. That would be great compared to what it's like <laughs> here. Yeah. And then the whole world fell apart and we're like, well, I, hope we don't actually need to go to Arizona for anything. And it stays, you know, it, it, it kind of sustains itself and it's been crazy. So, um, yeah, you know, we, I think by April, Arizona, I think in, in April and May, Arizona was our number one merch selling state. Wow. 
So and, and all on your, I mean, people aren't going in anywhere, right? So they got to go in your store to to order your merch. All of it. I mean, they're they're coming in. We do off sale out of the brewery, and so they're still, oh, we're still selling okay. like merch and stuff out of there. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, on on our online store, the number one shipped to state was Arizona in like Damn. April and May. And so people are going nuts over you guys. Definitely, <laughs> we've got nuts. our eyes on it. So this, I mean, when you when you said when you kind of offered up this opportunity, we're like, oh fuck yeah, like this this is the perfect way for us to at least try and get in front of awesome people in Arizona and answer some questions or just put a face with the brand. And yeah, um, I think sometimes I don't always understand it, but like some of the feedback we get when people like get to know us, they're like, Oh, like we kind of felt like there was like a marketing team behind Drecker. There was like this big, huge brewery and like, no, it's literally just like two people, orchestrating all the marketing and like one person doing the recipes and we just we just love everything we do and kind of the whole package so sometimes it looks better than we are <laughs> yeah Th- that's the goal though right like that's that's yeah that's a definition of efficiency right to be able to maximize your your output with the resources that you have man and and uh i know i speak for a lot of people in arizona that are very very grateful that you we were the test state <laughs> for the system because <laughs> like i said man people are people are going nuts for your for your for your guys' stuff for multiple reasons but but let's let's kind of back up a little bit your mark Bjornstad, which, right? Did I say it correctly? Yeah, Bjornstad. Bjornstad, which doesn't sound like North Dakota. It doesn't sound Viking, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I can never hide from that. No, yeah. Uh, so, so to go way back with, with Drecker, um, are you guys all from, from – are you from the Fargo area? Like that, that yeah. Fargo-Moorhead area? We're all originally from this area. Um, when – you know, and, and Fargo's a Fargo's a really cool town. It's it's an yeah. awesome place to grow up. It's an amazing community. It's surprisingly cosmopolitan, and um, there's just a, there's a lot of culture and arts, and it, it's a really fun, robust city. Um, yeah. That's not always the exterior brand that we have, and, and sure. we kind of embrace <laughs> yeah. that too. Yeah. But we were all. Um, so one of the things we always say is that like one of the one of the strangest things Fargo makes you want to do is always come back home that it's a great place to grow up if you grew up here. And it's a, it's the, it's the absolute place that you want to eventually end up back at someday. If yeah. you grew up here, you know, you circle just, kind of a full, yeah, like go out, always explore. come back to it. Yeah. And so um, when we were living, you know, a couple of us were living elsewhere or um, you know, we're, we were doing a lot of traveling and there was things that we had, we, we wanted to see, we wanted to kind of push, you know, multiple, whether it's the culinary scene, the entertainment scene, the art scene, I mean, a lot of different things in Fargo. We, we felt like there was interest and a the beginning of a movement to try and push it forward, but it wasn't happening yet. Okay. Honestly, a few of us had moved back. A few of us were wanting to, but we were all kind of stuck bitching about that. Like none of this shit is happening. You know, like I, I'm, there's no way I'm leaving Denver when this is all the stuff going on here and I'm not going back to Fargo and giving that up. And but we wanted to go back there and we, we kind of kind of called each other out on like, you know, we have the skills to do this and we have the passion to, to pull off this taproom brewery concept that we want to do. Um, and this was kind of, you know, this is early 2000s. So this was just coming up. If we don't do it, you know, who else is going to do this? And if, if we want Fargo to be this place where we can end up, we better make sure it, and it turns into the place that we want it to be when we want to raise a family or have our, 
have our thirties and forties and fifties there, you know? So yeah, we're all townies and wanted to come back, but also wanted to make Fargo something into the town that we totally wanted to live in forever. Yeah. Which was what? We, which which well, like, I mean, that's kind of what we're seeing now, you know, like we, yeah. what gave us a lot of confidence in starting the brewery was that once we put our ear to the ground and we started thinking about, you know, doing this in town and you start getting into some of these circles of other entrepreneurs, we started realizing, you know, there's like a whole bunch of other really cool concepts and we all kind of gave confidence to each other. We all shared ideas on like, you know, what does it mean to get a commercial lease or who, who should we talk to about helping us do this thing or yeah. what architect is good to work with. And you start, there's this, this big collective started where, you know, whether that's like a, a maker's shop or somebody doing a really cool coffee shop or uh, a sourdough bakery or all of these concepts were coming up and we're like, you know, this is exactly, it's turning into what we want. Our part is a taproom brewery and we can add to the fabric that's going to get created here. And it gave us a lot of confidence that these other people were doing this really fun stuff too. And now, now to see it actually happening and to see our brewery being a destination for like travel to the region, it's, yeah. that, that's exactly what we wanted. We want, we, we just want to show people how awesome Fargo is. We want to be part of why Fargo is such an awesome thing. And I mean, we're just, we're kind of doing our own thing. And it's really cool to, th- to see people from other parts of the company now that we've become a national brand. Yeah. Uh, jump on and, and really resonate with what we're doing. Yeah, dude. Well, it's the full package, right? And it, I, I, would, I would say it's the full package, but we don't even get to see the full package, right? Like I haven't seen your guys' tap room, but the, what's it? The brew holla, like yeah. your guys' tap room, dude, that place is badass. And and I know there's, there, there's a story to that and, and we'll get to that, but um, where you guys are at is interesting. So I, so my, I grew up in Ohio. Uh, my wife grew up in, uh, Perm, Minnesota. So like an oh, hour. Yeah. 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 So she, she grew up there. She went to Fargo, Moorhead. Uh, she grad, she went there for, you know, four years. Her parents lived in Fargo. Um, so my first visit to Fargo was in 2008 and I, I fly, you know, in my mind, I made it into a movie. Like I fly in first thing we do, we go to the bars and we just start pounding drinks. It was like ladies night. So my wife drank for like five bucks, which is Arizona is unheard of right? Mm-hmm. You can't even get a Bud Light for five bucks. Right? So, yeah. uh, so it was just, it, it's a, it's a, it's a good vibe, man. Like it, it's a really good, um, it's just like, I don't know that, that part of the country just has just a tendency towards just having a great time. But a huge piece of that is, uh, the beer drinking, right? I mean, Viking culture, just there, they were proud that I was accepted into the family because of how I could drink as much as they could. You know, sure. That was, that was like a, a, a notch on my belt. Well, there's, there's the, we always talk about how there's the, there's the camaraderie around sharing a drink and you know, people, people ask how we can live through these winter months up here and does everyone just stay inside and, and actually it drives people out to the community community, um, halls and whether that's a bar or a tap room or a, or a restaurant, you want to go out, you want to be in a cozy pay- place and you want to enjoy people's company because it kind of makes it cozier and warmer and, and you feel like getting together with people. Yeah. And that comes back to really what our whole, like our vision around what beer is. And that, that's why we, we think that beer is when it's done right and it's done with passion and creativity and, and, and an eye to challenge people. 
Um, beer can spark some really amazing things. It can spark a conversation. It can be the celebratory toast at the end of a, a closed deal or a remembered friend or really some special moments. Yeah. So our, our vision is really that like beer is our craft, but Drecker as, a, as an experience is, is much more than just the simple contents of a glass. It's about what happens when you get a few of those glasses raised together. And so that's what happens in the beer hall is that it's, it's catalyzing those amazing moments. It's making beer that honors the, the beauty of that, that, of that time and, and, and toast. Uh, and then it's also what's on the can and what's in the event and what's, what's behind the beer name and the style or the, the weird ingredients that we're trying to use is that it challenge you, challenges somebody to have an experience and think about it and share it with friends and start a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you can see that in like what the, the camaraderie in, you know, whether it's a church basement or a local corner bar or a big, a big beer hall, that's, that's really Scandinavian culture. That's really upper Midwest kind of, uh, you know, um, hospitality and, and camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and like, just, yeah, dude, it, it, they're, they're the most, it's the most welcoming type of community uh, that, yeah, I, I don't know. Then you add beer into it and each one of it just kind of makes it smoother and smoother. Right. <laughs> so beer For sure. Yeah. Well, so, so how, so you guys decided you want to kind of be a piece of that, that growth of what, what Fargo, that vision of what you guys had for Fargo. So, so where, where does it go from there as far as like, okay, um, we're going to make beer, we're going to have this tap room where do you go from there to, to actually open in the doors? Um, you know, I think what we realized there's, there's four of us that founded the brewery and we didn't just pick each other cause we were friends. Um, we, we really shared this common, common interest in being a part of something bigger than ourselves and, and really a, a brand obsession was something that we all had of creating this brand experience that, kind of made something larger than the sum of its parts a, a general in a general vision not not so much this like here's what we're, but everybody was caught like this we want to make this a yep. brand yeah yep and we nice. really loved the idea of like of being part of something like we didn't want to have mark's brewery or, yeah. or or darren's brewery or we wanted to we really wanted to create something that was amorphous bigger than us and this collective weird strange fun challenging gross you know, whatever it is thing. Yeah. And then really drive that out as an, as, and I drive that out as an experience. And then when we kind of look to each other with that shame, that shared passion, the four of us all had, whether it's kind of a scientific background, uh, engineering background, uh, process management background, or like marketing and financial background, we kind of all had every corner that we needed to do personally. We, we kind of had that professional experience and, and we realized that like, you know, together we're a really strong team that can bring, bring the necessary parts together to make this work. And then collectively we share a passion and an interest in trying to pull this thing together and really push it forward together as a group. Yeah, dude, that's powerful. That's super, right? Like when you have yeah. those, cause you, you the, I don't know. I think common thinking is like, Oh, Hey, like, Oh, you love this. I love this. Let's do this. And then it's like, well, you're back. You know, then you're button heads. It's like, Hey dude, I hate doing that. And they're like, Oh, I love doing that. Oh, sweet. Yeah. All right. You do the spreadsheets. Right. Um, so it's good to have those, those contrasting, um, characteristics, you know? Yep. So it was and then, very strategic. Yeah. 
and so then that kind of that kind of built the internal team that we were confident in and that we thought was the right way to set it up and then the four of us just really worked ourselves until we were so scared we might cry you know we poured yeah. <laughs> it all in and um it was it was fun and it was terrifying and we met some amazing people that joined the team with us and that's where things really changed and I think getting the team together that we have now, um, lots of, you know, lots of our brewers and taproom people and, you know, office like salespeople, they've been us been with us since like year one, like as yeah. we've, as we were able to hire employees, those, some of those people are still with us. And that, that team really, you can do anything if you get the right group of people together. And we all believed in what we were doing and we had a ton of fun doing it. And so, you know, from, from when we dreamed it up, to getting that concept done, um, then it's just been the stratosphere since then. It's kind of just taken off out of control. And that's been fun to, at the same time, steer that rocket ship, but also hold on for dear life. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like, it's, I've I've heard it described recently as like the most frightening, exciting, amazing, horrible experience of your life, right? Like Mm -hmm. all the, all of it wrapped in one and and sometimes within the same moment, right? Where it's like, oh shit, this is great, but fuck man, we have 25, you know, 25 people outside the door and we've got three cases left or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's like great problem to have, but God dang it. You know, yeah. Yeah. And so we're for us, you know, we don't, when we, when we look forward now and who we are, we've been really careful to, we never set production metrics or financial metrics as our goals in the company. It's something more about, you know, how many beers do we want to try and make this year? Or let's, we've always wanted to get, you know, this, this type of a program off the round and and going, or, you know, what if we could finally pull together this arts arts festival event? Like, you know, that's our goal for this next year. And so when, when we're really careful to, like we say, like, we don't want to set a goal that next year we want to brew 10,000 barrels because on the other side of 10 barrel, 10,000 barrels, who are we? Well, what, what's the goal? And it's really for lack of a cliche, it, it, it's really more about um, what we're doing and who we are right now and, and where that progression takes us. So like, it's more about the journey than a destination. And we're not, we're not trying to be anything. We're just trying to have fun, be who we are and wherever that takes us, that's where we're supposed to be, but it might not be where we had ever thought we would be. And I think that helps make us, makes us flexible and dynamic and uh, helps keep us grounded in the moment or enjoying the moment but also yeah. dreaming up the next crazy thing we want to come out with. Yeah, dude. Well, also, and, you know, uh, on your side, it's, it's tougher to say this, but uh, creating an amazing product, right? The, the result of that, um, and I don't know, that's always been my, my mindset on, on creativity is, like, when you're given restraints, whether it's music, right, it's that sophomore slump of an album of, like, the first one was just gritty, we hired this producer or whatever, and then the next one, the producer comes in and is like, all right, dude, you got to change this, you got to do this, we got to make this decision based on money, like, I know it's whatever, right? So, to have that, that mindset, that's why you guys create what you have right here. The noodle effect, double IPA, just poured it. (laughs) Yes. Um, I mean, but like I said, the whole package, it's, it's the, you know, I don't know, man, I've always been a sucker for can art, right? That marketing draws me in, you know? Um, and this shit is, is top notch, man. Like, so, so let me ask you this with, 
So you guys have opened up what, 2013? 20, fall of 2014. 2014. Okay. This is, this is, this is, it's going to be our sixth anniversary this weekend. Nice dude. Have a happy anniversary, man. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Maybe. So this will go out tomorrow. It's going to be a quick turnaround time. I want people sure. to hear this one. Yeah. Uh, so last minute flights, what is it? Frontier, I think, flies from Mesa oh, yeah. to Fargo. <laughs> you know? Frontier and then uh, Allegiant has some out of, I think, Mesa too. And... Allegiant, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Pretty cheap but, fleets, flights right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for I, I almost thought of like when, when we were setting this up, I'm like, shit. I mean, if I get a flight, I'll just go there. I hope Mark doesn't mind me just showing up at the doorstep. <laughs> well, we got, we've got some pretty fun. We've got some pretty fun releases. We got a special brewery only release set for Saturday oh, and man. it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do you, do you want me to talk about them or? Yeah. If you want to, absolutely. Sure. Dude. Yeah. So we've got, um, in our brains series. Did I send you any of the brains? Yep. Yep. I got the, uh, what do I got here? I've got the hand drain mango guava. Yeah, so Brains is our, like, yeah. stupid fruit smoothie sour. Um, so it's over 100 pounds per barrel of fruit. Um, and then lactose, sugar, sea salt, and vanilla really builds up that, like, smoothie sour um, fruit experience. Um, the first Brains we ever did was actually, I think it was a year ago. Um, we, we, had a, we have another series called Brain Squeeze, which is a little bit lower fruit. Um, and Brains was where we just took off all the restrictions and just went nuts with it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first brains we ever did was called oops, all berries. And so it's blueberry, blackberry, raspberry, and strawberry. And that one's getting re-released at the, at the taproom on Saturday. Nice. Um, Chonk, which is another stupid fruit um, series of ours. It's called, uh, we call it a Sunday sour. So the idea is really that it's supposed to be this really just intense, crazy amount of fruit and thickness um, but then also build some like decadence and like Sunday topping on it. So it's either yeah. like strawberry and chocolate or mango and marshmallow or, uh, you know, peanut butter on there or something like that. So the one that's coming out on f Saturday for taproom only is birthday cake chunk. And so <sighs> it's, uh, it's the beer smells like if you ate the strawberry raspberry filling out of a birthday cake and you got some of like the craggly, bits of confetti cake and some cream cheese frosting on it. Like the, 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 the nose is like pure raspberry strawberry filling, but then act absolutely birthday cake and frosting. And, it, and so it's, <laughs> it's gluttony and blasphemy and everything that like, we just don't care about the rules at all. Um, that's kind of awesome. It's our birthday and we don't even care anymore. Yeah. So that's birthday cake chunk that's coming out. And then, um, we, uh, we pulled a few barrels out of our barrel stock. Um, some really nice, uh, we were able to pull, um, I think it was a 16 year Willet barrel that oh, wow. had just amazing character to it. And, um, just that real deep cherry, um, you know, vanilla notes that it, it built up over time in that one. And then we blended it with a little bit younger bourbon barrel to build back in some of that liquor, um, the, the bourbon character. And the blend itself, I think, was one of our favorite just straight-up barrel-age beers we've ever done. Yeah. But we didn't stop there. We, we adjuncted it as three different beers. So there's um, one is called Six Feet Under, and it's a four-pound-per-barrel uh, vanilla bean. Um, so it's Ugandan, Mexican, Tahitian, and Madagascar vanilla beans on there and um, just a stupid amount of beans that go into it. And so <laughs> it's intense and it has – 
some of that smoky, deep cherry, cherry um, really richness of, of the you know, creaminess of those really plump vanilla beans. Um, there's another one called six feet apart, which is 50 pounds per barrel toasted coconut and then yeah. cinnamon and cocoa nibs. And it's a, just this rich macaroon almond joy stout. Um, yeah. Another one called six ways from Sunday. I like all the and sixes. Like it's all six. sixes across everything there. Yeah. And um, <laughs> six ways from Sunday is essentially like a monster cookie. So it's, it's a Imperial stout with uh, granola, peanut butter, M&Ms, and I think raisins in there. And it's, it's a monster cookie in, mm. in a glass. And so those five beers are what's coming out on Saturday and it'll be a lot of fun. Sharing I think you, and, Dude, I think you just secured at least two flights from Mesa to, to Fargo with that, cool. <laughs> with that description. Yeah, Dude, that's well, I mean, so that that's that leads me into so so uh, for to Arizona, you guys are you brand, right brand new, right? Mm-hmm. You know, February is that seven months ago, which seems like 14 years ago at this point. Yeah. Right. But, Absolutely. But um, so canard and the 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 sours and the and the double hazies and and all these things that you guys just do amazingly is, is that something you guys is that just something arizona was lucky enough to to kind of experience at this point or is it kind of recent years that have does that make sense or changes or transformations or anything like that did we hit arizona right at a peak for us you mean or yeah. It kind of, yeah, or kind of like almost like where, you know, so so in Arizona, um, a, a few of my favorites, uh, their specialties are they nail the hazies, they've got the really good fruit sours, right? The Shop Beer Co. and, and Ren House. Um, mm-hmm. But both of those only have been really over the last probably two years, right? Now, in the Arizona beer community is pretty young. Most of the breweries are 2015 or after, after they, mm-hmm. they changed the bill uh, or changed the law. But so for, for Drecker has like, how long has, have, have we just been missing out on this canard and the, in the, uh, the, the, the certain styles that you make? I'm not saying that before you didn't make good beers, but just this, these particular ones that are just hitting the right chord, making people go fucking nuts. <laughs> right? yeah. so, so when we started canning in 2017 and, okay. and that was, you know, Fargo isn't a large market. And before when we were pretty much draft only and tap room only, yeah. um, the ability, you know, it's not a huge market. So if we're just doing draft and we're just doing like tap room growlers and over the bar, the ability to like turn out, uh, any number of styles or really just experiment and just blow out a hundred new beers in a year. It's super limited if you don't have the outlet sure. to do that. Yeah. And, you know, we are, it's like, it's four owners. We are so nuclear to this whole thing. We don't have any investors. We kind of reject any outside stuff and we, we, we just want to do every bootstrap everything ourselves. So it took us a long time to kind of, build up the confidence and the cash to invest in canning. And we weren't sure that was the right way to go. And then we realized that like, you know, now that we have this canning line, um, you know, we're on the doorstep of a few other large markets. And if we can package our products, you know, we can maybe it's a little bit easier for us to get them out there. People started seeing what we were doing. Um, it made it easier for us to experiment and double down. And so this, this whole thing just kind of snowballed where, you know, more people found out about us than we could experiment more. We could really get into the stuff we were trying to do and double down. And, 
And then the more we doubled down, the more people found out about us and it just kind of snowballed. And so 2017 is when we really pushed out, uh, when we really started pushing our name out there outside of the Fargo area. Okay. And then, uh, I'm trying to think like 20 in 2019, we started opening up these outside markets to try and really, um, we wanted to share the stuff we wanted to do everywhere. We, we're, we hate having a sales force or setting quotas or, you know, doing stuff like that. We really just kind of believe like, you know, if, if we drop beer in a market and it, people like it and they gravitate towards the brand and they dig what we're doing, it'll work. And if they don't, then we just turn and burn and it didn't work out for us there. But so, so far we've never had to pull out of a market, but we, We do the same thing in like Richmond and Virginia and Madison and Milwaukee and in Minneapolis. And then now in Portland, Oregon, and soon to be a few other kind of major metros across the country. And yeah, we, we kind of think that like, you know, once you get sucked into the brand and you start digging what we're putting down or you like reading our social media posts where we're just really just bullshitting with our friends and it's just kind of, you can read into these streams of running jokes that we're kind of telling or just, you know, tongue in cheek along the whole way. Um, we can find our people and it's social media and, um, you know, untapped and Instagram make it really possible for us to connect with people no matter where we do stuff. Um, so it, it, it kind of closes that brand gap between crappier fans and consumers and the breweries where we don't really have to have a sales force kind of, really, you know, swindling and trying to wheel and deal to maintain a tap handle or to get a shoot in there. Yeah. And with that change in the market, um, that's, we were just able to really, um, really explode in that, those new, that kind of new frontier of opportunity out there. And people yeah. seem to be loving what we're doing. And, um, we just, we want to just keep making the fun beers we want to make and find the people that like that along the way. Yeah. Dude, and, and people are loving these things, man. I mean, first of all, so the noodle effect, this is uh, double IPA seems to be um, kind of that, uh, at least for me, for my palate, the, the sweet spot with you guys. Like, I love the, it's the noodle effect. And there was, a, dude, so I got I to give you a little story. Um, I don't know if you saw the story that I posted, but so my wife's family, they're all from, you know, the Detroit Lakes, Fargo mm-hmm. area, or, you know, Detroit, Detroit Lakes, Perm. Uh so they can drink, man. So you set, you sent me those beers and I was like, sweet. I'm like, I'm going to bring, you know, I'm going to bring a few of them just, you know, just to taste, let everybody taste. And they fucking loved it, man. People that don't like her aunt and uncle live in, in Berkeley. Now they're big, like wine drinkers and like, ah, sours taste like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, fucking taste this one. Right. And they're like, Holy shit. Like, what is this? So so that's my excuse for not having the flash kick uh, because we, we drank them all, dude. Sure. You know, you know, if you bring a, a, a container of beer of any sorts to people from Minnesota or North Dakota, it's getting drank, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, we love double IPAs. I, I think that yeah. for, you know, our, our philosophy and our goals on what a, what an IPA should be with that soft, fuzzy, uh, kind of big body up front that that still kind of washes away. You need somewhere, somewhere close to eight is the sweet spot for us where, where that gravity really, that, that weight of the mouthfeel really becomes noticeable and you can build that up. Um, and it, you know, anything, anything below that and it either gets thin or if you try to make it too big, it just gets sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also if you want to do some really aggressive hopping, 
you need some increased gravity and some alcohol to like hold that up. So somewhere in the 8% range is really where we love IPAs to be. And so for that fact, it's almost always where we put out IPAs is somewhere between eight and eight and a half is, is just kind of the sweet spot that we love for those. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, I don't know. So I know this, the, the noodle effect is eight, three, but, um, the, is flash kick flash, flash kicks a double two, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that I, I, so I went onto your, uh, onto your merch page and you guys, this is the, it's, it's hilarious, right? Because you know, the craft beer community is, and I'm sure you guys have experienced every from, I want you, I'm going to name my kid, Mark Bjornstead <laughs> to like, fuck you guys. Right. You've, you've oh, yeah. probably seen the whole spectrum. Right. But um, you guys made a bowl, like you, not a bowl that you smoke out of, but you made like a, a, a like a, a bowl. Like a milk bowl. Like a, a, a what? <laughs> Like a, like a, like a cat's milk bowl or a yeah. cereal bowl. Oh, dude, so that's because people... that's of our buddies at back channel. So that was a okay. collab okay. with back channel. And that was one of their things. You know, they, it, it, it's true. Like it really does. If you drink fresh IPAs out of a bowl, um, it really does change the sensory experience with it. And it's kind I'm of in, fun. And I, I'm, I'm in like, I'm no shame, dude. I listen to Madonna. I drink beer out of bowls. I don't care, dude. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of the, the funny thing where some people are like, you know, they just love it. They think it's awesome. It's this new kind of shtick and who cares? It's fun. And let's, let's try it. Let's see if it does change it. You know, let's see how it, how it does. And then there's some people that are like, you know, it's like, fuck you. I'm never buying your beer again. Like how could you dare put it? And, and our thing on that is like, dude, if, if us putting beer in a bowl somehow shook your whole world, I think you got a little bit of a brittle spirit. Like that, sure. that shouldn't be able to unseat you like that. And <laughs> You know, maybe you should just step aside because what what else is coming from us is really going to upset you. Yeah, <laughs> a bowl is not going to be the worst thing we do right. next year. You so think that's I would bad? Just, way. I would just turn off notifications from us. <laughs> oh man, but you know, it, it makes sense though, right? Like that. I I wish like I, I was like fuck yeah, I'm buying a bowl, and then like out of stock. God damn it! All right, well next time they make a bowl, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. You know. Uh, but, but check, so that's check a, out, check out back channel brewing. They, they sell their bowls too. They're huge oh, about it. It's kind of their thing. And it's, yeah. a, it's, it's awesome. So they're a great brewery and that's who we collabed on flash kick with. And I'll give them a plug that everyone should go check them out too. Cause they're a really sweet, awesome people, beautiful yeah. beer and amazing experience there. Yeah. Well dude, just, I mean, and also like when you gotta be a certain type of person to survive where you live. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in Ohio and, and it was, it was not much better, but it was better, right? We experienced like, I think the worst was like negative 10, maybe negative 20. My father-in-law who, you know, who grew up on a farm in Perm was like, dude, negative 70 was, I'm like, wow, how did you live? Like, how did you, how did you survive? But um, you got to be a badass to survive in that. And, and people make the best of it, right? You, you ice fish, you, like you said, you go to beer halls, like, and, and people, um, I don't want to say make the best of it. They thrive. Like that you figure out how to make like, you know, uh, it's like summer in Arizona. Like dude, today is, I'm, I almost felt like I was bragging by being outside because you know, it was so nice, but dude, it's been hot as fuck here. Like hot record heat, like record heat this year. Um, it was 36 degrees here when I woke up this morning. Oh, man. But see, to, and, I, to, and I love that. That's, that is uh, my dream. The, yeah. That's, that's, that's good, man. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, 
you have to be, you have to be mm-hmm. good with that. Right. Like you, if you're like, fuck this and then go, right. <laughs> like I, I know people that live in Arizona, like, dude, this, this fucking too hot there. I'm like, well then go somewhere. Like they're like, what, you know, I don't know. I think I got off track there, but, um, Oh, um, backwater. Is that the brewery you back, said? Back channel, back channel. So back channel, uh, Lake Minnetonka, right? Yep. Yep, which is right on Lake Minnetonka. So many beautiful places, like so mm-hmm. many beautiful places in just in that whole area. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, I like, I like it a lot. Um, so that was, that was the uh, bulls are kind of one of their things. And we'd love to kind of, I mean, that's one of the things we do with collabs is kind of bringing brands together, having fun together and doing something, you know, doing something to kind of make a, to make another part of an experience or another way that a customer can engage with that collab. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that's the shit that we love to do, you know, whether it's putting a bowl together in flash kick or like we said, like telling some like noodle effect is just the whole artwork and name behind that is like, just, Hey, if, if shit seems bad right now, the noodle effect is essentially what happens to you. If you get pulled into a black hole and every fiber and molecule, your body gets stretched, stretched out into noodles. And it, it, it's called the, it's called spaghettification. And like that, that could happen too. That could yeah. be another thing that happens this year, but you know, yeah, it's, you, you think it sucks cause it's a hundred degrees outside. You could be in a black hole getting torn apart and you know, wouldn't that love- also suck? So just fucking enjoy the beer. And isn't it kind of fun to think about just what that, what would that be like to get, you know, pulled into a noodle by a black hole. And yeah. so we, we have fun with the artwork behind that and like a little bit of a backstory with the name. And you know, that's the whole thing is that it's supposed to be an idea that, you know, as you look into it, there's, there's a backstory behind the name and there's something in the artwork that tells you the story. And, you yeah. know, it's always fun to learn about black holes and the mysteries of the universe. And, you know, just, and then you're just drinking a beer that you've never had before. And it's a fun new hop combination. And all of a sudden you've got a whole new conversation that you're having with the friends that you're around. And that's, yeah. that's the whole thing. That's the experience. And that's what, that's to us, what drinking a beer and being challenged by a new style. And oh, we don't even give a shit if people like our beer. Like, I don't care. Like we're going to make a hundred new beers this year. We are not going to be a hundred for a hundred with every sure. person, but we hope that it made you think about it or like, mm. why didn't you like it? Do you not like nutmeg? Do you not think nutmeg should be in a beer? Like, well, okay. That's your rules, but you know, don't drink. <laughs> yeah. Then we missed on that beer, that beer we didn't get together on, but there's going to be 99 other ones. And that's the whole point is that some of the most, like, I think of like artwork, some of the artwork that, made me think the most was the stuff that I was like, what the fuck is that? Like that, like, I don't, I think I'm mad at that or am I grossed? I don't even know what I'm feeling. Anymore. Like why, why are they making me think about that stuff? Yeah. Like that, that's the moment. And you know, then you have a, you kind of come back around and come back to that thing and it, it brings yeah. you up, you know, it, it kind of brings you back to it again. And that's the experience where even if, even if the thing we put together, you know, we're not, we don't, flavor combination doesn't jive with somebody that's fine we sure. we we just want you know if you thought about it and you tried it that's cool to us too you know we, yeah. didn't, we didn't we didn't need you to to be 100 percent five out of five on this beer with us but yeah. we hope you enjoyed the experience and we hope you dry, enjoyed the four other beers you had and you can kind of see that where we're going we're not going to take everyone with us every time yeah well, and do I think that that's fine for sure. It, it has to be right. It has to be fine for you to, for you to 
like say, Hey, we're going to do what we want. We're going to do it the way we want to do it. And then someone's like, Hey dude, that sucks. And you're like, Oh shit. Why? Ah, oh, maybe we shouldn't like that. That defeats the purpose. Right. So if we, if we were too afraid to miss, we would never, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that we would never then have the confidence to make. So if, yeah. if, if customers want a brewery to come up with some new crazy, you know, weird sour that bends all these styles, they have to also kind of be okay and not try and burn the brewery down for when they tried to combine rosemary and blue, you know, do this other thing and it, yeah, it just didn't yeah. work for them. Well, like it's, it's all kind of pursuit of the new territory and the new dream and the, the losses and like kind of the missed, the missed combos and executions are just as important as the successes. Cause that's how we're going to challenge and move this whole industry forward. Yeah. You know what, dude, I, uh, I don't. So have you been, have you been to Arizona? Have you been to Phoenix or, or? not since like early two thousands, probably the okay. last time I was down in Phoenix. I think there was three, maybe four breweries at that point. Right. So that, sure. yeah, there was, a, there was a handful, but, um, but dude, there's, there's a brewery in Flagstaff uh, called dark sky. Like when you, when you're kind of explaining this, there, there's so many, um, so many similarities, right? Because they were one that I, so my in-laws lived in, in Flagstaff and, and when these breweries started opening up, I think they've been open for four or five years. Uh, Dark Sky was like, dude, we're making juniper berry, um, you know, jalapeno beer, right? And they're yeah. doing, and, and they've made on average a uh, hundred recipes per year. So, and you know, it was kind of two separate things. My father-in-law was like, dude, I want to go have a West coast IPA. That's what I want. That's what I want. And I'm like, dude, I want to experience it. I want to like drink a beer that has like bark in it somehow. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? And so for them, they took a lot of shit for it because people were like, dude, I just want to, I had that beer. It was really good. I want to go in the next time and have it again. Right. And they're like, well, dude, we got, we, we didn't make it again. Like we have these other ones. Right but it took a few years for them to catch on as far as like the, the, I don't know, just everything because they're experimenting with flavors and, and recipes and things like that. So it took them a while to kind of catch on in certain things and it took the community a while, but now fucking people love the shit, right? You know, all you're going to get all in sync together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. And it was that, it was that faith and vision. And, and that sounds like, like, that's what I, I, I feel with you guys. It's that faith in like, Hey, here's the four of us. You guys, we all have our superpowers. Here's the common vision. There's going to be a lot of shit on the peripheral coming in, you know, temptation and shit talkers and all that. But, but you guys have kept on that path. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, you really have to, you really have to know who you are and why you do something, you know, having a why sure. around yeah. what you're doing is, is huge. And when we, when we approach a new style or a new decision or a new beer, it, we, it kind of gives you something to fall back on. It's like, is this really something we should be doing? Or does this, does this kind of meet our goals? And yeah. we can find some either confidence in, yes, we should do this or some confidence in like, no, this, this does seem a little untrue or, you know, it does, it's not totally authentic to what we're yeah. doing. So yeah, well, let's, we probably should just let this one pass. Yeah. And it, it makes those, like, like you said, the, that peripheral noise, it makes it a lot easier to understand what you should listen to, what you shouldn't, what you should follow and what you shouldn't chase. Sure. And I think we've, we've, you know, like I said, we found the people that, that are, dig what we're doing along the way. And then over time, you know, they give us latitude and confidence and, you know, and, and challenge us and hold us accountable. 
And that yeah. in turn makes us, makes us better, gives us more confidence, make sure that we are living to our morals and values too. And, yeah. you know, we kind of, we each, we each kind of have a commitment to each other. And that's when like, that's when we really fall in love with our fans and we just have this awesome family together. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah, man. I, I love it. I, I just love I did. I, you are not ready for the amount of fucking beer that's going to be demanded from the 48th state after this episode, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, cause not only like, and I love it, man. I, you know, like I said, I, I fell in love with that, that part of the country once I, once I visited and, and, and the people and just, just, I don't know, just everything. And, um, for you guys to have a great product and, and on top of it, just that, that, that vision and drive that is needed now more than ever, right? Because of any industry, I won't say any industry, cause I don't, I don't know as much about other industries, but the, the food and beverage is getting fucking devastated right now. Yeah. Right. So to have someone like you guys on the forefront, these, you guys are making badass shit. And you know, at least in this market, people are falling in love with Drecker. And now on top of it, you guys have this, this ethos and this, this approach to what you're doing, dude, that's, it's, it's inspirational. And that's, think, yeah. One of the things we try and do too, like with, with our social media voice and our, the way we connect with fans, we try and talk to people like they're our friends yeah. and we try and joke around like we're friends and we, we try not to take anything too seriously. And we love, um, we love having a voice that maybe isn't a typical, like a bank would never talk the way we talk to like, on social media or, or say the things we do or put beer names, you know, put labels out like that. Yeah. But, but also like that's, especially what's going on in the world right now, you know, things are really heavy. This is, there's a lot of stuff to bring you down right now. Yeah. And one thing you need is uh, we need to have a beer that we can laugh at or a joke that like, Holy shit, I can't believe those guys fucking said that. And you know, it's like, <laughs> that's where we have a beer called pizza toots. I think he asked me about that in the questions. And cause yeah, it's a, it's a huge backstory of like, we just, there's like that cartoon thing where it's like that, oops, pizza toots. And it was just like this funny little <laughs> joke. And then, you know, we love fart jokes and things in the brewery and who doesn't dude, who yeah, doesn't? So everything was just oops, pizza toots. And then the joke became like, all right. So like, if, if we ever like, we're, I just, my dream someday is like, I just always want to make a beer named pizza toots. And I'd be like, you can't name a beer named pizza toots. That's, too far. And then, so then when we were building the new brewery, uh, I wrote the recipe for the, the new test IPA. And like we use a lot of oats and wheat and these beers that make, that make, uh, Matt doing the mash and the lauder on an IPA really difficult with that much oats in there. So okay. I, I made a recipe that was intended to try and stick our new lauder ton. And just so we could see the parameters, just so we could go through the exercises of unsticking the mash and, and, and doing all that stuff. And it was so a real success. Quick, real quick. Explain oh. what that means. Like, what, what do you mean by sticking the, like sticking the mash? So yeah. we're trying to make this combination of grain and water that is where you convert all this starch in the grain into sugar. And you end up with this oatmeal looking thing that you can drain the water back out. But if you use too much oats, if you imagine if you made a hundred percent oat oatmeal, um, you can't wring the water back out of oatmeal. It, it becomes yeah. this one gelatinous thing and it, and then no more water will drain through it. And that's, that's a stuck mash. Okay. Okay. And so I pushed the oat level so high that we kind of actually made oatmeal and it <laughs> now it no longer would drain the liquid out. And it's just this one homogenous blob. 
and or gelatinous thing. So it was a success. We stuck that mash like three or four times that first day we were brewing, but we also got through the exercises of like, okay, what are the physical limits of this brewing system? Cause we're going to always push it. And how do we yeah. unstick a mash and how can we save this? And so that beer was named codename pizza tooths cause it was never <laughs> intended to actually survive. Okay. And to da the miracle was that like the last batch of trying this actually survived and actually made it. And then we, we were, you know, just how rushed things get with opening wherever we were like coming up short on like needing another beer to put on for our opening menu. And we're like, well, we have pizza toots in the tank. And so we, um, so we quick like slap together this, like just a menu board, put it on tap. And like, you know, our artist is like right up there with us on like just gross and weird and having fun and challenging stuff. And yeah. he like came in and he's like, what the fuck is this pizza toots? And how come you didn't tell me about when are we doing the label for that? I'm like, Oh no. Like, uh, the guy said we couldn't do it. It's only a one-time thing. We can't can it. They didn't want to do anything else. And he's like, how oh, can you do this to me? Like, I have to draw this. Yeah. Uh, and we're like, eh, it's going to die. <laughs> and really, the, It was the, pissed you didn't approach him. Like, uh, yeah, he wanted on, to do man. the label for this it. Is much, yeah. And the, the biggest joy we had was like all of like the, you know, this building that we're in is this 150 year old building that we revitalized and restored and brought back to life. And it's just a beautiful relic, like museum kind of building. And so all these like little old ladies wanted to come out and see what we did this thing. They'd never even heard of craft beer before, but they came in and they, the only one on like the, our beer name were like things like ectogasm and like, um, like techno Viking and these other things. And so like Brains. the only one they really like, knew was like this pizza thing. And then they're like, um, I'll have the pizza tots. And like our bartender's like, no, it's pizza toots, like a, like a fart. And as you could hear everyone, and it was that was like, that's the whole thing we want. We just want, yeah. we want this safe space where people can talk about farts and laugh about beer. And you know, there's yeah. no rules here anymore and we can do whatever we want. And so then for Christmas that year, uh, punch got our artist, um, sent us an email and he's like, Hey, awesome year. I can't wait to see where we're going. Here's my gift to you guys. And it's a, he drew out the label for pizza toots and I emailed it back out to everyone else. And I'm like, guess what's coming back next year. Oh. We got a label. So now we do pizza toots every year and it, you know, a couple times a year. And it's just a, it's a fun label and it's a crazy beer. And yeah, we get to make a fart joke. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that, that checks a box for us. You know, yeah. we, we're just a, I'm sure our guidance counselors couldn't be any more proud of us. For sure. Oh, I knew most likely to make pizza toots. Mm -hmm. Mark Bjorn's Bjorn's dead. Yep. Yeah. And that's like, we always kind of put that like, I don't know, we get brought in front of like the economic development thing that wants to talk about the great draw that we are the community. I'm like, yep, we, you know, we employ this many people and we bring this much revenue here. We also made a beer called pizza toots. So don't take us too seriously. And like, <laughs> I, I like that, like that modifier that like, let's, like, we'll bring it down a little bit. We don't want to get too uppity. Sure we're still talking about farts sometimes. And, <laughs> right. But you know. that's setting the standard though, right? That's, that's yep. like saying, Hey, here's what we are. Like this is yep. expect this, right? That's, or don't that's, expect too much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But all, but also on the other side of it, right? Like you get like one thing I really, um, really connected with me on your guys's website was unpillage, right? So you have sure. this Viking culture, this Viking, you know, this Norse culture, which the, the tap room itself is named after, um, which was something really interesting. I didn't know. Sure. Yeah, let's go into that. Yeah. I thought that was so a really like, cool story. How we call it like Bruhalla. Bruhalla. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, so that's the, that's kind of a play on Valhalla, like the Viking beer hall in the sky that every, every warrior that dies valiantly in battle 
gets to go to this giant beer hall party in the sky. And the only way you do that is if you die with honor and, and, you know, sacrifice to your, your clan. And so that's, we wanted to make Valhalla on earth and just this giant, great beer hall where, you know, it's, it's an awesome party and all your friends are there and it's, you know, these amazing beers, but it, but it's here on earth and it's, you know, it's part of our community. And then yeah. with, with Unpillage, and that's kind of our idea of like, yeah, we're, we're kind of sorry for the mess our ancestors made like a thousand years ago. So we're not, we're not those Vikings. We want to like help clean, clean up a little bit. And so we're, like I said, we came back to this community cause we believe in it. We love it. We love what it is. And for the same reasons that we want to build something great, we also know that we also, we have to take care of the other end of this community too. And yeah. if we wanted to stay an awesome place to live. Um, we have to be an active participant in that. And so every month we have a charity that we get involved with. We try and elevate their, their cause and give them a platform in the tap room or on our social media. Um, if there's something where they're, they're looking for volunteers or donors, or they need, um, they need help with donations or whatever it is that they need. We try and give them our platform, introduce them to our customers. Um, and, you know, and honestly, our, our community is always looking to learn more about nonprofits. It's hard for those, for that word to get out there sometimes, you know, everyone's so busy, but have a beer, hang out in the tap room, learn a little bit about a, a need or a, a good cause in the community. And then we donate a dollar from every pint to that charity. Um, we, we legally can't give away the beer on our tours for the amount of beer we want to give. So we kind of charge people for the tour and then just turn around and give that. That's all just turned around to the charity. So it's all kind of an in-kind donation to them. Um, And then we do like this fundraiser and stuff for them. And that's a way for us to help make sure that this community stays the way we want it to. And then we also try and actively go out and get our crew together and get our customers together and say, Hey, uh, Saturday morning, the, the food shelter needs help packing up this huge order they got in. And so, we're going to be there. And if any of you guys want to come out there, we will throw a free t-shirt and a bunch of free beer coupons at you. Come and have fun with us. Or we're going down to the river and we got to plant some trees. We got a reforest an area out there. And it's, it's this, we know that we've got this, this group together that, you know, they want to be a part of the brewery and they want to help out. And they even ask if they can help volunteer, or help, help us around the brewery. And like, yeah, I'm pretty sure our insurance company would drop <laughs> us. Like people help us run the packaging line or move pallets around. But we also do this work where we're trying to help out in the community and we need bodies for that. So if you're willing to come volunteer at the brewery, would you just be willing to volunteer with us in the community? And we'll do the work on finding the way to do it and finding the places to do it. But it's awesome to really get to be elbow to elbow with, some people that love our beer and we get to meet them and we get to do something cool while we're doing it. And so, like I said, that's, that's something that we're just really passionate about in our community and being good stewards, um, you know, building the society and the values that we want. Um, and I think that that's, that there was a time when companies were afraid to take stances on things that they believe in because maybe a brewery isn't supposed to do that or a, a bank isn't supposed to make those position statements. But I think people want that from a brewery. They, they, they feel this deeper connection to a brewery. And if they can't believe in what the brewery believes in, they don't really want any part of that. And so we try to not be too shy about what it is that we want to change in this community and what it is that we think is awesome. And we need to build up in this community. And it's, it's really fun to see our customers um, challenge us to even push harder and then yeah. to step up right beside us too. Like there's nothing more rewarding than like when 
when we kind of put a little bit of like, we're a little bit scared to put ourselves out there, but Hey, you know what guys, we got to stand up and this is what we believe in. And then just yeah. to see all of our customers be like, yep, I always loved you. And this to show that support for us too, that like, yep, yeah, we're all in this together. We all believe sure. this. this is where we're all going. And that's well, kind of that to us is that that's the, that's the whole big picture. We're building this community together. It's yeah. not just about beer. And you're refining it, right? That you are refining yep. it with the, with a stance about this or a, a statement about this. You're like, Hey, this is, this is us. Like, this is Drecker. Like, you yep. know, um, dude, that's awesome. Like that's, that's, it's like I said, it's inspiring, you know, for, for, for somebody who is, you know, you guys are experiencing like really, really great success right now, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's inspiring to see, stay on that path. You know, it's, it's, it's gotta be tough, right? Cause you, you do see that stuff coming from, from the peripheral, right? Yeah. And I think one thing that we try and keep in mind is that our definition of success is not how fast a beer sells out or how much money sure. we make or what production level we get to. It's, did we, did we make some really awesome beers? Did we challenge ourselves? Did we do enough for our community? Did we get people to come on board? Did we throw some really cool events that were like really hard to pull off, but we actually got this, you know, we pulled off the yeah. freak show carnival. Like we got it done. That was <laughs> yeah. what we wanted to do. That's, that's success for us. And so like when you asked about, you know, have we been doing this for a while or whatever? I think we have, but it's been on a different scale and sure. we're just, we're staying who we are. It's just really fun that we've, we've had a little bit of growth and we've had enough national uh, press and Instagram reach go there. So now we're starting to find new people that can yeah. come on board with us. And, and I think our story is not an uncommon story among craft breweries right now. There's, mm. there's, many other breweries that are starting to have this national reach that are really have this vision and vibe and dream that they're pulling together. And it's so awesome to see these different real cool concepts all over the country and that people can interact with it. Now the world has gotten so small and interconnected in that way that, that I just, I look forward to the future of beer with so much hope and kind of um, amazement about what it could be because of what us and our fans and what other breweries are doing. There's, there's some really cool shit going on out there. Oh dude, so much cool shit. And, and, and it seems like the last six, seven months has like almost uh, created like a double down effect for some places where it's just like, dude, here's what we're doing. Like it's, yep. you know, ride or die. Type of thing. Like this is, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and when I, so when I think about like uh, like you said the different views of what success is, like you guys came into it with the idea of like, hey, here's what we think, here's what we think, um, you know, uh, this is what our vision of Fargo is, right? And not only did you guys take action and get, be a part of that, now it's like you guys are I don't want to say spearheading it because I don't know what you know what restaurants are doing and this and that, but you guys are definitely on the forefront of of it's that that inspiration of taking action. Right. Where sure. you weren't just like, dude, we should do something cool. Like, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if that No, you're like, no, dude, this is what the fuck is, this is what we got to do. Well, at, at their best, I think brewery tap rooms really are the community's living room. It's, it's the mm. new third space for places. And so yeah. we don't take too much credit for our brewery being a place where these ideas come together or where charities come out and people meet about these things. We're really just the host. And, and, and that's, that's what I think a brewery at its best can provide a community is to be a host of a space that's 
safe for new concepts and, a, and an idea incubator and a, a place where people can talk about new dreams or something that they want to see fixed. And, and you see that in every community is what tap rooms are becoming is this, it's a, it's the community basement. It's, it's, it's where everyone can come together. And a good brewery is just a steward of that natural um, congregation of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude. And well, and then you start to, like you said, like 2017, you guys started canning. Right. And when you can put your, like a physical thing in your hand, right now out of state and the artwork on it. Right. We've talked about that. That's a big, that's a big question that I got was like, dude, who does their artwork that like, that's a big draw. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I think for us, for us, beer is not enough. It's, it, it, it can't be the whole package. It's mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we also, we want to be creative with recipes and push boundaries of that, but we can't stop there. We can't, we can't put a post-it note on the outside of a label and phone it in. Sure. It's, it's gotta yeah. be something we got to double down on that too, and be creative with the artwork. And so punch gut is a good friend of ours from way back. He's a Fargo local. He's got a really fun backstory of, you know, really he's a nationally known gig poster and, and, and artist that does tons of really cool stuff, but he's a Fargo native. And so why wouldn't we want to work with him? And we're, we're all friends and we, we share this same kind of tongue in cheek death is nothing to be afraid of. Um, gross concept that we want to push out there and (laughs) we love having fun with the artwork. And that's a whole, whole nother rabbit hole that we want to go down with the entire package and experience. So every, every yeah. label has some story and some Easter eggs hidden in it and some, some fun artwork. And it's a, like, I mean, it, it's what draws people in, but it, yeah. it's also, I don't know. It, it's, it's what brings it all together. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. Right. Because like I was saying before, like that's, that's the draw. Um, now that you, I mean, obviously did people can't eat, this doesn't even get onto shelves in Arizona at this point. Right. <laughs> like, I, don't even, is that, I, I don't even know. Is that I, all I know is that it sells out when we do the pre-sale, the liquor stores, it sells out really fast. And I, I yeah. see kind of on social media, people talking about like that it's one can limits or something and you got to get there fast. But I, I, I have no idea. I can't travel anywhere right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, dude, when you can, first of all, we're good. The, the, my friend who asked about pizza toots, wizard of Zah, this dude knows all the best pizza spots. So we, we definitely got to hit some, there's some great pizza in Arizona. Really, really great pizza. Huge fan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you Huge go. Pizza fan. Oh, dude, me and my kids had the conversation today. I'm like, all right, what's what's your like desert Island food. Right. And they're like, whatever burrito and something else. I'm like fucking pizza. Hands down. Every meal of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we got to get together with Wizard of Zah. He's a huge fan of you guys. Uh, He does some really cool stuff out here. Um, But what's next? What's next for Drecker? Like what's on, what's on the forefront? Because, and, and I don't know, I hope I'm not overstepping any statement or anything like this, but in, in a, in a, over the last seven months, it seems like things have elevated for you, right? There, there, there are certain, you know, there's so much, there's struggles going on everywhere. Um, some places are doing great. Some places are doing good. Um, and this seems like a, like a positive, uh, upswing for you guys at this point. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been really lucky. We've yeah. had amazing support from, um, consumers and fans in every market or all across the country, you know, 
I mean, people find our beer on Tavur all over the country and um, we've, we've been so lucky and we're, we're incredibly thankful that, you know, we're, we're able to navigate whatever this shit pit is. That we're in right now. <laughs> shit pit. Dude, um, hey, we're going to do a collaboration. Tap that pit. AZ director <laughs> called shit pit, man. We can, <laughs> I, I think we, we can, can get some good artwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, so we've been really lucky with that, but you know, with, with what's next, um, you know, I think we're, we're still trying to, to grow a little bit so where we can, we can get beer to all the places where we want to, we, we want to have an experience and an interaction and get people to be introduced to what we're doing. There's nothing, nothing more rewarding to us than to try and spread the, the mantra and build the cult that we're trying to, trying to get together here. Yeah. Um, but we're pretty close to maxed out at the brewery. And I think the next step in a size expansion for us starts to put us into a territory, a, a size ter- territory that I don't know if we're comfortable with. You know, yeah. I think we're, yeah. we're really cool right now with the size of the pants that we're living in. And we don't want to overextend ourselves. We don't want to get too big for our britches. Um, so we, we're really close to kind of being maxed out on the, the size that we just – we just don't want to be a brewery that's bigger than that. That changes yeah. who we are as a core. Um, it, it changes who we are as far as production and debt and, you know, goals that we have to set, you know, financial goals we have to set for ourselves. And we really like who we are right now. So really our growth and our challenge is going to be in the number of beers we can put out and how far we can push some styles and, and what, what things can we pull together. Um, we're, we've been working on launching a, a wild firm and farm farmhouse line for a couple nice. of years. And that's, that's not something to take lightly. And it's not something we would do. We've for the last few years, we've never been able to do it in our brewery. Um, we're the, we're the type of brewers that we just really couldn't sleep at night. If we knew that there was fooders of some mixed fermentation beer next to our tanks of our IPAs. Sure. Uh, I, yeah. I know plenty of brewers and I love them that they can do that and they do a great job. I know that there's ways to keep it safe and to keep it so that it, there's no cross contamination, but I also have to try and sleep at night. And that yeah. is not something yeah. that gives me calm. No. So <laughs> we're in the process of uh, kind of expanding our footprint on our brewery and kind of doing some additions to the brewery that will give us the ability to have fooders and a cool ship and a, and a um, spontaneous fermentation barrel storage area. So we can really pump out some fun and nuanced and, and be pulling, you know, be pulling multiple different barrels and blending and doing different fruit additions or conditioning aspects. So that will hopefully be coming out in the next one to two years when those beers are become mature. Um, And then uh, one thing that we got a little bit screwed on when we built our new brewery was our barrel aged stouts. Um, we were just in the process of starting to build up a huge reservoir of big barrel aged stouts. And, um, when we moved to our new brewery, the state regulators wouldn't allow us to transfer any of that beer and we had to destroy it, which was like oh. heartbreaking. And I, it wasn't really in the law. We just kind of think those people fuck with us at every Avenue they have. And we have, we always have this kind of like neck and neck thing with each other. And that was like, that was one of the really heartbreaking things that we had to sell off what was good and was like of age. And then yeah. we had to get rid of a lot of it too, because it wasn't quite ready to, to come out. Yeah. Nothing we could do with it. So, um, 
when we had the government shutdown last year and then with some of the COVID stuff, those gave our brewery a little bit of opportunity to like, all right, we had a few hiccups on beers that we were planning to put out, but couldn't because of, you know, we couldn't get labels approved with the federal government shutdown or with COVID. We no longer this, this beer that we only do on draft well, draft disappeared. So now we've got a few hundred barrels in production capacity that like, we don't have to make this beer anymore. So let's brew up, let's brew up a couple 10 batches of Imperial stouts and start rebuilding that barrel library. So now we have this huge barrel library that I think over the course of the next year, we're going to start ripping out uh, a crazy amount of different new fun, weird, big pastry barrel aged stouts. Um, And so those will be, those will be really fun to get those out there. And then along with the fruited sours and the IPAs, we're always trying to challenge how many different dry hop techniques we can use or what new hops are out there. How yeah. can we make a beer more? How can we deal some, some fluffy science into, you know, we make this fun, big pillowy IPA. And then with the fruited sours, those are all big, a, a giant big experiment on how do you physically get that much fruit into these beers? And how do we, how do we deal with the process? And then how do you actually get that through a canning line and, you know, in chunk or in slang de jour where we're doing like that cobbler yeah. and granola and cinnamon stuff. It's, it's such a fun experiment in the brewery to try and figure out on this huge scale, how are we going to work in like 200 pounds of granola into this batch? Like, yeah, we can put it into the tank, but how do you, how do you get 200 <laughs> yeah. pounds of granola? Oh, it weighs 400 when you try and take it out. And yeah. Um, so we're just going to keep pushing the boundaries on those styles. And we give no fucks about what the definition of beer is, you know, to, when people say like, I don't know, like I love this beer, but I don't think it's really beer anymore. And to us, that's a huge compliment that we pushed it yeah. so far that you're not even sure what you're drinking anymore. Yeah. And legally speaking, if we make it, it's called beer because we're <laughs> a brewery. So yeah. to us, if we made it, that's enough. It, that makes sure. beer to us. Yeah. It can't be wine. It can't be a distilled spirit. It only can be beer. So yeah. <laughs> right. regardless of what you think the definition is, we nailed it. We yeah, made beer. Legally it's beer. Cause we made it. And that's, well, that's where the definition has to be. Yeah. Well, dude, how, so how that's what gets me right. Is like you, you, every time a new person tries a beer of yours, right. I pour it into the, the taster or whatever it is. And they look at it like, what is this? Right. Cause it's, it's that thickness. It's that smoothie uh, consistency. And then they, and, and when you drink it, what's in on your guys's website i think you're you are the beer scientist right like that's your term yeah that's your title yeah Yeah. so what is the science behind you see this thick smoothie beer i I don't have any more because i drank the other one but this is this is different (laughs) but but you it looks it's it's thick and you take a drink and and as soon as it hits your mouth it's it's a thin liquid it's the same consistency as this blonde lager Yep. How does that happen? Like what, what is, what the hell is that about? Well, part of that is like the carbonation too, that it, it kind of breaks it up on your palate and spreads it right. out and dialing in that right carbonation. And then the amount of lactose that holds the fruit thing together, but then also kind of makes it this, you know, a um, little bit more slippery, um, silky product yeah. too, so that it, it's not chewy, chunky, this big mass, but it, it is, it's it's literally liquid fruit and it just kind of melts in your mouth. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fine line of having enough lacto sugar or having some salt, the right amount of fruit that builds that appearance in the glass and that first initial pulp on your palate, but then it dissipates. Um, and then the carbonation level on them is, 
is, is really important because not enough carb and it, the beer is so thick and heavy that if you don't have enough carbonation in there, it'll never break out. You'll never, the, the carbonation like literally can't come out of solution. So you'll never taste it, but too much. And the beer is always going to be like a vinegar volcano. It will just, they, there's, cause it'll nucleate on all the fruit and you just, we've had a couple that are just barely overcarbed, And as soon as you pour that in a glass, it's just this slow rolling foam over and you just have to like sit there and sip it for like 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So it's, it's this fine line and yeah, it's, it's all, I mean, these beers are, these are beers that have never been done, you know, three years ago, a beer like this didn't even exist. Yeah. And we're trying to figure it out and engineer it and dial it in as we go. And that's one thing that like, we just, we really love that, that process and the experiment and the science behind it and how to, how to take a culinary or like kind of a gastronomy inspired flavor. How do you pull that together in beer? And then how do you physically process that thing and package it and get it out there? And because what's the fun in making something in the back room that no one else can try? We, we need to get this beer out to the world. And um, that's a a whole nother level of our engineering and experience experimentation that we're always going through. Yeah, dude. Well, well, a a thing you said too, is the key is the packaging, right? You can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Once you put it into a can, I think, I think that's kind of what sets really good breweries apart. I guess really, I don't know any, any good beverage maker, right? Especially if there's carbonation involved, how can you package it? Can you preserve that flavor, right? That's like, if you're in the tap room, you pour that into a glass, can you preserve that, right? From 2000 miles away from Fargo, North Dakota to Phoenix, Arizona. Um, And I mean, I haven't been into the tap room. I can't wait to come in, but, but you got that, that experience has traveled that, that distance. I think that's one thing too, that we take a lot of pride here that we have just this awesome round table team in the brewery. And sometimes there's this hierarchy in the brewery where it's like brewery people, seller people are below it. And then packaging is like these, they're just kind of putting the things together. And, and here like our packaging team, it's crazy to hear them talk about like how, how insanely specific they get about like, Oh, on the size brains, we we reinstituted this like 0.2 second pulse on this. And so we got this dialed in and everything filled perfectly. And we got the right carb level on this and we had no loss. And like, you know, how, how they can, it's this whole other world of like process and specific engineering and um, technology that goes into making that. And they've made that their like life's mission on how to figure out how to get these beers in there. So to us, like our packaging team is this other level of genius that's right on there with the brewers that are making this stuff too. Cause like I said, it's one thing to kind of dream up these things and make them and you can mix these things together. But now we're talking about beers that have never been dreamed up before or essentially fruit smoothies. How in the hell are you supposed to get this thing into a can now? (laughs) It's just a, it's an awesome team that we have together here that, that really just lives to put, to try and figure this mystery out. And it's really, that's, what's so cool about everyone that's around here. And I think like great breweries and some of our best friends have like mirror team members in their breweries too, that like we get together for a lab and everyone like, like, got like magnets together with their counterpart of this other brewery. Yeah. Like come see what I've been working on. Okay. Like, look at this new part. And that's, what's so cool about the craft yeah. industry and some of our awesome friends out there is just how much passion and care and just uh, drive people have to create the best all around product for every customer every time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Dude, 
I love it, man. Mark, thank you so much, dude. This is, dude, I, I, like I said, I hope you're ready to, you thought you were selling merch on, I actually, you know what? That sounds arrogant. I'm like, dude, I have 70 million followers. So <laughs> many people, you're going to get three merch orders and maybe one plane ticket, but either way, that's good. <laughs> you know, oh, I mean, uh, we, we love it. We love, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy you invited us to come on here. Yeah. Um, we, it, I think it's a fun way for us to like deal with this little bit of separation. We can't quite travel and get down there and meet people at like tap takeovers. Yeah. So we're really happy to have an opportunity to try and hear about what's awesome and going on in Arizona. And then maybe, give people a little bit of look behind the curtain on what's going on with us. Um, and like, I'll definitely hit you up when we eventually get down there, but also yeah. to all the people in Arizona, like we love hearing from people on whether it's like, you know, your Instagram stories or messages on Facebook or Instagram. Um, we, we get a ton of questions from people about where to get beer. And I think we've got most of our stores in Arizona loaded into our beer finder now to try and make it a little bit easier to find where it is. Um, but also if people have questions or they wonder what the fuck we were doing with this beer, you know, just <laughs> what the story is. We, we love talking about that stuff. We love those brand interactions. And so reach out to us, send us a message. We love hearing from people. Um, and we really just, I mean, we do it, we do it to share the beer with you. So yeah. we're, this is the, the, that's the, that's what makes this all worth it to us. So I really can't thank you enough for inviting us on here and we're having so much fun in, in Arizona. It's, it's crazy to watch by proxy. I can't wait to come down there and share a couple of beers with everybody someday. It would be a blast. Dude, timing is working out great because it's cooling down. <laughs> like we're, I think we're at the end of this, you know, of the COVID thing, hopefully fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah, dude, like come down. We'll, 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 we'll give you the royal treatment, man. We'll take you around. I know what the royal treatment is. Tap that easy style, but <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> find some pizza and check out some other good breweries and it'll all be good there it is man there it is so well dude mark thank you so much man i I really appreciate you taking the time out um i know you've already got fans in arizona and this just compounds it you guys the company ethos like everything you guys are doing man um it makes sense why there's so much it's very deserved so nice work well like i said we we couldn't do this if people didn't come with us. And one of the most lonely things is to like care about something like this in a vacuum. But when, sure. when other people come in board with us, like that's why we do it. And so we, yeah. we can't thank the people that just even give us a, give us a try and give us a chance and are willing to keep trying us. That's, that's what gets us out of bed in the morning and keeps us wanting to make fun and weird and crazy new beers. So yeah, yeah it's a dream. Love it, man. Love it. Well, dude, thank you so much. Thanks a dude. lot. Yeah, we'll be in abs- touch.